Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Show. You're listening to the first and only podcast dedicated to the business of pharmacy. Hear from independent pharmacy owners, leading entrepreneurs, political strategists, healthcare technology trends, career coaching, interviews about our pharmacy industry, and more. Be sure to subscribe to the show via iTunes and leave us a voice comment from our contact section on the website. You can find all of our episodes at pharmacypodcast.com. Hi, this is Greg James with Telefarm. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Hey, Pharmacy Podcast listeners, welcome back to the Pharmacy Podcast. Returning to the roots of what is the evolution of technology, pharmacy process, the practice of the pharmacy industry, what's happening with medication therapy management. We had an interview with American Well. We interviewed Dr. Jeff Kozowski, Senior Vice President of Corporate Development with American Well Telehealth Technology Infrastructure Solutions, and they are empowering health systems specifically. And we did talk about how that would impact health system pharmacy. A little bit more intimate today because the world of independent pharmacy, institutional pharmacy, the private practice, the consultant, we're talking about telehealth, teletechnologies, telepharmacy today. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast, Greg. How are you today? I'm doing very well. How are you doing today, Todd? Doing very well. And I've known about your organization for about three years now. I've seen you guys at the NACDS conference. I believe we actually even met up at the NCPA conference. You got to tell our listeners with just the kickoff of this all, just a backdrop. How did you guys get into this? How did you merge what is telemedicine with the world of pharmacy and tell our listeners, just to keep it simple, what is telepharmacy? Sure. Um, well, so really quick, if, if we look at how, how the National Association of Boards of Pharmacy defines it, it's, it's the provision of pharmacy care through the use of telecommunications to patients at a distance. But if we're, if we're talking you know, more specifically, there's a lot of different uses and, and applications of telepharmacy and, and as well as definitions. And the, the, the definition or the, the realm that telepharm works in is on the remote dispensing side. Um, even though there's other, there's other telepharmacy uses like um, inpatient remote or remote order entry review, there's um, IV uh, admixture verification, there's um, the remote dispensing, live video counseling, all those different things are, are all different aspects aspects of telepharmacy um, and, and all of them kind of have different applications in different different parts of the of the pharmacy world so what makes me immediately think of one subject is the counseling portion of pharmacy which leads me to the world of medication therapy management and Blair Telemeyer Dr. Telemeyer is one of our co-hosts she concentrates on a pharmapreneur academy it concentrates on uh, teaching consultants really how to push out their medication therapy management services, bill correctly, and then market the services to long-term care pharmacies, community pharmacies, even healthcare systems. Tell us, tell our listeners, how do they leverage telepharmacy in the world of medication therapy management? 
Um, yeah, we're actually seeing a lot of people um, interested in, in using um, more of the live video. So what we call the live and interactive um, side of telepharmacy uh, for for MTM. And, you know, a lot of MTM that's happening across the country right now is, is just over the phone. And it's a way, especially with independent pharmacies, that they can start to differentiate um, themselves from everybody else and be able to offer those services um, with the live and interactive video. And at the same time they have the live and interactive video, they're able to, to show things and, and really coach the patients through specific things. Um, and, you know, there's there's a lot of special use cases for it, but one, one great example would be with, with diabetes um, specialty and being able to, to really coach the patient through some of those specific things that they need to know how to do. Um, you know, it's a lot easier to get that, that across with that live and interactive video versus, you know, just over the phone and explaining everything um, just verbally. So in taking a step back, actually, and for the listeners that might not really even realize how this kind of goes together, because there's so many variances of what is telehealth and telemedicine. So tell us, how does telepharmacy actually work from a technical perspective? Sure. Um, so going back to kind of where it was born, um, you know, when, when it originally came, came about in the early 2000s, it, um, the telepharmacy is, is basically this, this provision of pharmacy services at, at a distance. So a telepharmacy operates just like a traditional pharmacy. It's a brick and mortar store, um, brick and mortar location. And in, our, in a remote dispensing model, at that, at that store, there's a certified pharmacy technician who's working, um, filling the prescriptions um, and, um, and working with and under the supervision of that pharmacist at the, at the remote location. And, um, so all the activities taking place at that telepharmacy, the remote telepharmacy site are supervised and verified by the pharmacist. And then the, the patients are counseled then through that same live video connection. And it used to be all live video. Um, it used to be that, you know, uh, you had to have this connection open all the time, but you know, as, as technology has progressed and advanced, um, we're now seeing more of the, the asynchronous or the, the store and forward uh, concepts that you would be familiar with on the telemedicine and telehealth side coming over into telepharmacy as well, where we start seeing um, you know the, the image-based processing where they can capture images of the prescriptions and forward those on to the pharmacist um, instead of always having the live video connection open. So now it's it's a combination of this. Um, um, the store and forward and the live and interactive technology that we're seeing that, that enables this pharmacist to really oversee the operations at this remote telepharmacy site. And so, you know, just think about it. Think about a telepharmacy just like uh, a normal, traditional, independent retail pharmacy. Um, it has a technician there. A patient would, would, could come in or, or send their prescription there just like any other pharmacy. The, the technician is going to enter their data into the pharmacy minimum system. They're going to, um, uh, they have the drug inventory there on site. They're going to fill that prescription. Um, and they're either going to use a live video connection or the store and forward technology to send that to the, to the pharmacist to verify that that prescription has been filled correctly. And then once the, the pharmacist has verified that prescription, then um, the patient, when they come in to pick up their prescriptions, is going to be counseled. And that's where um, the pharmacist will then have that live and interactive video session with the, with the patient and, and can really explore a lot of those, those clinical activities during that time as well so i'm listening to the show um i'm a pharmacy owner maybe i have several pharmacies uh, i've heard about this uh it may be in my state it's uh easily thought out to be something reimbursable 
or like some of the docked on demand models. It's a $40 cash uh, copay like um, set up with the patient. So how can I take telepharmacy into my business and use it to expand my pharmacy services? Sure, uh, I think that's a that's a great question, especially um, for the for the independents. Um, you know, we we see that there's a, a great opportunity for independents to to look at areas that they weren't weren't able to previously look at or didn't think of as possible to provide pharmacy services, um, and you know. Really, if you've ever been considering an additional location, um, you need to you need to revisit and think about it with with telepharmacy model in mind. And we we look at a lot of different areas. So the first thing that we always encourage um, anybody thinking about telepharmacy is to think about the areas that they can know of in their in their surrounding um, area where they could place a telepharmacy and and provide these services. So you look at maybe rural communities. Um, in pharmacy-deprived areas. Um, you can look at rural health clinics, uh, federally qualified health centers, uh, maybe in or near a critical access hospital. Um, and then, you know, I don't, I don't want to leave out. Um, I think in a lot of telehealth, we've seen this, this trend from, you know, this is just a rural thing and it's, and it's something that, that works to outreach in these rural areas. And I think that's, that's true. Um, but then we also start seeing applications for them in urban settings where we're working with restricted populations or population subsets. Let's say, you know, we have an example of, of one of our clients who's, who's working um, with an Arabic speaking population in the, in the urban Metro Chicago area. Um, also, student health centers um, are another great example of a, of a subset of the population that can be served. Um, and then anything with specialty or, or even 340B, there's a lot of different opportunities out there. And I think, you know, we, we start to, to give these um, ideas to, to a pharmacy owner and you can just see, the, see the, the wheels start to turn in their head like, oh, I could, I could actually do this. This is a great opportunity for, for me. We haven't had this kind of opportunity in pharmacy for, for quite some time. Um, and the last one that I, that I don't want to leave off, off the list, I think it's a, it's a great, um, great opportunity is, is potentially looking at, at some of these um, independent pharmacies and rural um, independent pharmacies that are, that are potentially going to close because the pharmacy owners are, are at retirement age or, or beyond. Um, and you can look at acquiring those and converting them into a telepharmacy, which would make sure that those communities don't lose their pharmacy and, and they can maintain continuity, continuity of care um, at a local level. Um, and, and that's where, you know, partners, partners of ours like Live Oak Bank um, can really help us, uh, help you and help us identify those opportunities and, and put together a, a package that would help, um, help you to explore those opportunities and see, see what the possibilities are and how you might be able to ex expand your business. I'm glad you mentioned Live Oak Bank because they're really this out of the box thinking organization that's so much more than just a funding resource. Uh, Jimmy Neal's been in, um, he's been in pharmacy for years now. He sees things from so many different uh, facets of the business, wholesale, financing, business expansion, marketing. Uh, Sarah, Carol, and Jimmy have been awesome to work with. They've really brought us a lot of great ideas. And when I start looking at some of those subject matter experts and telepharmacy as that subject matter expert, the question in my head as a pharmacy owner is, so is telepharmacy legal in my state? 
<laughs> That's a great, great question, Todd. And, and one we get, uh, very frequently and we probably, we try to provide a lot of resources. Um, we work, uh, so telefarm works very closely with, uh, with a lot of, of state regulatory agencies across the U S. Um, and, and it's hard for me to, to tell you, and depending on where you're located, um, if it is legal in your state or not, um, I'd say, uh, you know, telepharmacy language, uh, varies widely from state to state. It's very, very fragmented, um, which is obviously something that, that we and, and others are, are working to, to improve. Um, and I think another thing to keep in mind is that there's different types of telepharmacy kind of when I covered, um, in the beginning, there's different definitions and there's different uses and there. So there's different regulations that apply for different uses in different states. Um, so if you're, if you're interested in learning more, you can always contact your, your state board, uh, talk directly to them or, um, you know, there's resources out there that are available, including, you know, our company and our website, uh, where we can provide you information on the specific regulations and licensing requirements in, in your state. Um, but I'd say if you wanted a, a kind of a rule of thumb, looking at the, at the entire United States, you can, you can kind of say if you're west of the Mississippi, it's likely there's language and there's, um, there's, there's opportunities. If you're east, um, it's still more in development, but there's a lot going on and there are opportunities, um, available. Um, and we, we highly encourage anybody who's, who's interested to, to look into it, um, and to even potentially be that first, um, that first pilot location in a state or in an area, because if there is a need that, that's in the market, you know, any, any local, um, pharmacy owner, especially rural pharmacy owners, they're going to be the ones that, that are closest to that need and understand what the need is. Um, and then they can start to engage with, with, uh, other groups out there that can help support them, um, to, to get those, um, those, uh, pilot sites up and running and, and really start a trend towards providing care in those areas. So as someone who works with pharmacies, different, um, settings, uh, institutional, possibly health system, independent, obviously, there's going to be questions that are kind of the most common questions that you get. And I want the listeners that are interested to reach out to Greg with Telefarm and their team. However, Greg, what are some of those common questions or concerns that you get about telepharmacy? Sure. Um, this, that's, a, that's a great question. You know, I think a lot of people... Um, their first reaction when they, when they hear about telepharmacy or start considering it is, you know, there's a, there's just a, a flood of questions because it's something that's very new, um, to them. But, uh, once they start looking into it and, and once they see, see the model in action and once they, you know, once they understand that there, there are a number of locations, um, throughout the U S and in the world that are doing this, um, and, and doing it safely, uh, they, they, they hop on board. So one of the first things that we, that we usually see is, is fill accuracy. And, you know, this of course is safety is, is one of the, the biggest concerns that we have and, and that everybody has. Um, and, and luckily we've had the opportunity, um, to, to, or I guess in the past there's been, um, studies done by let's say North Dakota state university is a great example 
um, where they look at where they looked at the, the fill accuracy and the number of, of dispensing errors and found that the dispensing errors in their in their telepharmacies were actually lower. Um, we find the same things with the with the sites that that we're involved with um, that because there's more steps in in the in the process, there's more documentation, um, there's some redundant checks um, and, and in, in some of the more modern solutions there's actually some some hard halts and, and very um, detailed audit trails that are kept um, it is it is more accurate um, uh, throughout the filling process and fewer fewer mistakes are made um, another question that, that people have is is the staff and location safety you know there's there's a lot of um, pro, policies and procedures as well as protocols that are in place in a telepharmacy um, this is something that's very well developed it's been around for for um, almost two decades now um, the, the idea of telepharmacy and and so they've figured out you know where they need to put cameras um, typically there's panic buttons included in the in the pharmacies there's um, in any of these locations there's going to be a limited formulary so there's just less chance for for any any kind of um, safety issues and then of course um, you know there's perpetual inventories which help to track everything and keep very very close attention to to what's happening in that pharmacy um which kind of leads me into the into the next one which is that potential for diversion um but i think because of the perpetual inventories and the limited formulary we see um it's tracked the inventory is actually tracked more often than a typical pharmacy um, along with some of the other safety protocols and procedures um, we see that there's very very low potential um, and then finally, kind of the, the last, the last one that we usually get this very common question is, is what happens when the internet goes out? Cause this happens for a lot of tele telemedicine, um, uh, installations and, and, you know, it's, it's the same as any other pharmacy nowadays. It'll actually shut down for that, for that time period. But, um, we haven't had, um, major issues with that in any locations, um, and, you know, the funny thing is, is we started looking at even traditional pharmacies that can't operate anymore without internet. We're all so dependent on, on the internet for, for all of our, you know, even getting the prescriptions in and doing the adjudication, all those things are all, um, you know, internet is required for those. So yeah, there, there are additional internet components that, that we bring to it. Um, but the great, the great thing is too, is that a lot of these more modern solutions and, and advanced solutions are, um, are, cognizant of that and designed to to use less bandwidth um, which also means there can be multiple backup sources so um, sometimes we'll see them with backup sources for using 4g or, or other means so if their if their primary um, internet connection does does go down they, they can switch to a backup source for a, for a limited period of time and, and still operate so i'm glad that we both mentioned um live oak bank who suggested this interview because part of the questions in operations, somebody at a director's level that really wants to know, you know, the last question I have for you, Greg, is how do I get started in telepharmacy? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up Live Oak Bank again. I think they're, um, they're a great resource um, to, to start thinking about, you know, what are some of these creative ways that you could use this? Um, I would say there's a couple of steps. Um, first is, is looking for those potential locations, you know, where, where might you be able to 
um, do this and where is there a, a pharmacy deprived area or a pharmacy desert as some people would call it um, that you could you could provide um, the the pharmacy services at um, and then you know, looking at the, the second thing you really need to look into is, is checking what your state regulations allow for and what your licensing requirements are. Um, it can seem a little daunting, uh, but but uh, don't worry. There's there's lots of resources that are out there. Um, there's companies like like ours. There's there's other resources out there. People that can that can help you to um, to go through that process. Um, we're happy to to help anybody out to understand that side of things and to assist them through the through the licensing process. Um, and then third is is really putting together that plan for your expansion. And, and that's where, um, you know, Live Oak Bank can really bring their expertise as far as, you know, how you can, you can use financing to, to expand, um, you're going to want to learn a little bit more about about the telepharmacy workflow, how it actually works in practice. Um, you need to make some decisions on, you know, if you are going to be going out to these new locations, are you going to are you going to purchase buildings? Are you going to lease them? Um, you know, are you going to partner with other pharmacy owners um, to do these initiatives? And then one of the things that we've one of the pieces of feedback that we've gotten is think about staggering any kind of openings or expansion that you're going to do, um, to help, to help with the operations so you can expand. So don't try to, you know, open too many all at once. You're going to want to say, okay, I want to do this one and then wait a month or two and then do another one. Um, and, and that's really what I would say, you know, to get started is, is find that location, um, figure out your state regulations and then start working on, on that actual plan and, and companies uh, and people are out there to, to help you, um, put those pieces together. Greg, it's been a while since I wanted you to come on the show. I thank you so much for dedicating this time to us and our listeners to really educate us about telepharmacy, telemedicine technology specifically. Uh, give our listeners a way to reach out to you directly. Yeah, absolutely. I'm available. Um, my name again is Greg Janes. Uh, my email is gjanes, J-A-N-E-S, at telefarm.com. And our website is www.telefarm.com. And you're always able to reach out to us via chat or email through our website. Greg Janes, Telefarm. Thank you so much for being on the Pharmacy Podcast. Thanks for having me, Todd. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. We were on with Greg Janes with Telefarm, and we're so excited to bring you information about the evolution of working with technology to expand pharmacy services. And we thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Pharmacy Podcast Show. Be sure to subscribe to the show and send us a voice message with your ideas and comments from our contact section on the website. Did you know we develop digital health content to assist with business development and marketing efforts? Learn how we can help you drive more patients, physicians, and targeted leads to your website. Contact us today at pharmacypodcast.com.